Welcome to the Hockey Town West podcast. Here to talk all things Griffins, Firebirds, and Walleye are your hosts, Nick Harrington and Brandon Cook. So, if it feels like we haven't recorded in like three weeks because there's just been um, so it many was hockey only like games. a week ago. Oh yeah, I know it's been a week, yeah. but it feels like it's been way longer and. There's just been so many hockey games that we've been to, and like a whole playoff series has been over since we start since oh our my last gosh, recording. You're right? Yeah, like we didn't cover any of the Flint games, so we'll have to do that today. Well, I mean, we talked briefly about what was going on with the playoffs and how they started because they started off super rough, and then right after we said that, uh, they turned it around. So they definitely did. So, well, heck yeah! What are we covering today, Brandon? We're going to cover, what, I think four Griffins games that we have to talk about. We have some Toledo stuff to talk about, and their playoff setting has been decided. And then we can talk about the incredible series that uh, Flint and Saginaw had together, because it's one for the ages, for sure. That was so amazing. So... Uh, you want to kick us off? It was, and we'll apologize in advance here because we are recording remotely for the first time. So if the audio is a little screwy, bear with us. We'll figure this out eventually. It, it might actually sound <laughs> better. <laughs> if it does, then we have a problem. Oh. But yeah, I'll kick us off. Uh, <laughs> I'll kick us off here. Welcome, well, welcome to the Hockey Town West podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Brandon, and I'm Nick. And the reason why we're recording remotely today is because I. Just a little under the weather with the amount of games and people that I've seen this week. So I'm um, trying to rest, recover for uh, this week's games. And I don't want to get Brandon sick. Yeah, so before we dive <laughs> before we dive into the games, we did a two-in-one-day trip, which was incredible. We went to the Wing Wheel podcast night at the LCA, that Wings game on Saturday, and we went to Flint's game six that night in Flint. Um, and we both live in Grand Rapids, so we've been all over the place over the past few days. Yeah, that was amazing all the way around. Um, just all of incredible. it. Yeah, it was incredible. And I would so do it again. That was probably the highlight. That was probably my favorite day of the year so far, is doing both games and doing oh, the yeah. event and meeting, every, like, meeting the people we did get to meet. Yeah, it was super cool. I would do that again. Well, I don't know if I'd do two games in a day again. That was a lot. Really? Well, yeah, you guys drove back. I didn't have to drive back, so that was uh, my saving grace there. Yeah, if I'm doing something like that again, I'm staying in the city I'm in for the second game. (laughs) That is totally fair. Um, Yeah, I I don't recommend that, driving back to GR that way. No, Michigan's a big state. It doesn't seem like it is, but it's a big state. That's a lot of driving in a day. It was like five, I mean, you drove part of it, you drove us back to Flint from Detroit, but when I did the maps originally, it was five and a half hours of driving that day. Good thing you like driving. And it was like... I do, I do enjoy driving. And it was like six hours, well, yeah. No, it was like seven hours of hockey. (laughs) (laughs) It's insane to think about. That was amazing. Uh, So you want to kick us off with Griffins this week? What, What happened in the world of Griff? Um, a lot happened in the world of Griff. A lot of uh, interesting stuff. Yeah, we have four games to talk about. We're all the way back on April 2nd, because we recorded last on April 1st. 
Um, and there was a game the next day uh, in Rockford that the Griffins unfortunately lose 5-1, to one, which, as we said for a long time, was a must-win game being the team we started to becoming... Well, that's the team we all of a sudden were chasing in for a playoff spot. And they've really turned it on here in the second half of the season. So, quick rundown of this game here, because the Griffins didn't do a lot of scoring, obviously. Uh, Rockford gets one in the first. Rockford gets two more in the second, right at the beginning. One was 15 seconds into the second. And then they scored five minutes into the second. Griffins did respond uh, at six minutes into the, the second period there. Daniel Regan gets a goal from McIsaac and Hiroshi on the power play. Uh, that power play unit seems to be working pretty well, and we keep saying Danny O'Regan's name a lot this podcast when we're talking about goals getting scored for the Griffins. And that's a good thing for later on. It is. Um, but then Rockford turns around and gets two more in the third here. Uh, goalie in this one, uh, it was split. Uh, Johnny Boy got the start in this one. Uh, had a pretty rough go. He only played 24 minutes of the game total, and then Ryan Bednard comes in after Lethman had allowed three goals. Uh, Ryan only lets in one and an empty netter, unfortunately. Uh, played really well. This was his first like real uh, appearance in these call-ups that he's had, or this signing that he's had with us. And I was impressed by him. He's got a quick glove hand. Do you think he stays? Do you think we're like trying this guy out because he's going to stay with us? Or do you think it's just, let's give this guy a go and see what he has for the season? It's hard to say. The road for him, uh, his his road through hockey has been pretty wild. I think he, Bob had said he played with six or seven teams this season alone. Oh, jeez. Yeah, I mean, he was, uh, right before he came to Grand Rapids, he was uh, in the ECHL with Greenville. Um, looking at just looking at his elite prospect profile, he's been with Wheeling in the ECHL this year, Greenville in the ECHL. He's been with Abbotsford, Belleville, and Grand Rapids in the AHL. So four, <laughs> so four ECHL teams, and then finally gets called up to the big to the the big show. Two two <laughs> ECHL and three AHL. Okay, okay. So he's been he's been in the show in the bigger show and in the smaller show, um, all over the place this season. It's crazy. The most time he spent, though, was with Greenville. He played 20 games with Greenville this year. How do you do with them? Uh, he had a 2.81 goals against with a 9.13 save percentage. He was 11-8-1 in his time with them. And they probably played Toledo, what, three or four times? So you take those out, those losses? <laughs> yeah, take those out because he got lit up in those. Um, yeah. It's crazy. I mean, just looking at his profile, he's a journeyman goalie, kind of like Helberg is with the wings, you know. He's been all over the place. Uh, looks like Bednard is uh, the same way here. And I hate how close his name is to Bednar in Toledo. <laughs> yeah, it gets confusing. And then you throw in the, Cal- the Colorado Avalanche coach, whose also name is Bednar. And then you throw in Connor Bedard, and now everything's really confusing. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> we could probably see a team with all four. <laughs> That'd be wild. Uh, um, back to that game, though. I mean, not much to talk about for the Griffins. They had a very rough game in this one. Couldn't really get anything going. That power play goal was really all they could get going. Um, they had five attempts, though, on the power play and only converted one. Geez. But their penalty kill was solid. Rockford only had two attempts. Shots on goal in this one. Rockford had 39. Griffins had 37. So it was pretty even. Yeah, it wasn't for lack of getting the puck on net. I mean, Arvid Soderblom 
played in net for Rockford that night, Elmer's brother, and he had an incredible game, thirty-six to thirty-seven. So I was uh, I was listening to that game, and I kept thinking that Elmer was playing, like our Elmer was playing. Yeah, I get excited every time I hear his name, and I'm like, oh, it's just their goal. Oh, like Soderblom's in. Oh wait, what? Oh, uh, his brother. Dang it. So yeah. No, no real standouts in that one either. The only standout was probably Bednard, uh, his, his first attempt with us, and he, he definitely raised some eyebrows, and I think he caught the attention of the coaching staff in that game as well, too, because you go into the next game uh, at Manitoba, again, must win. This was a uh, must win to even keep playoff hopes alive for like mathematically being eliminated, and Bednard gets the start. Um, so he definitely got the confidence behind him of the coaching staff in this one, and you go into this game, he plays really well. So Griffins end up winning this game in Manitoba, 5-2. to two. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Uh, 32 shots on goal for the Griffins, 31 for Manitoba. So, I mean, Bednard stops 29-31. of 31. He, he did well. He played very well against a team like Manitoba that's already punched, or has not punched their tickets to the playoff yet, but they're so close to doing it. Oh, I was going to say, recap in this game for the goals. Uh, Daniel Regan kicked us off a minute and two seconds into this game which was sick. Uh, assisted by McIsaac and Mr. Carter Mazer on the power play. A power play goal right off the bat in this game after they took a stupid hooking penalty, which was so dumb. Um, Manitoba did answer back about a minute and a half later, unfortunately. And then... That was on the power play, too. It was on the power play, and then they got another one on the power play as well <laughs> right after that. All from new power fighting. <laughs> you know, he does that sometimes. You got to get the energy going, and it worked. So all these goals happened in the second period, because the first period was boring. Nothing really exciting happened at all. But the third period comes around 22 seconds into the third period. Uh, Carter Mazur gets his first pro goal. Woo, Carter! Yeah, I think we are all excited about that. Is this his third game? That was his third game with us, yes. He had already gotten his first pro point. He had that assist uh, against Milwaukee. and No, that would be his fourth game then, I think. No, third. I don't I think, know. I can't keep track of this kid. I think it was kid. his third. Yeah, you're probably right. I couldn't keep track of this kid this game, though, because he's all over the score sheet. So he's already at this point, he has an assist and a goal. Um, that goal was assisted by Spezia as well. Nice little setup there. And then five minutes later, Seth Barton gets his second of the season. All of a sudden, Seth has a hot hand. Two goals in three games. Assisted by Lashoff and Andreasen. Weatherby gets a goal two minutes after that. Uh, assisted by Lesby and Shine. So Shine getting a point. Lesby getting a point on that. And then the empty netter at the end of the game ended up being Carter Mazur's second pro goal. Woo, <laughs> Carter. So, like, this guy, they just plug him in and he just goes, like... That's what it feels like. Yeah, got down with college, comes in, and it's kind of like, I feel like when a Toledo gets these these guys from their college tryouts and things, and they plug in, and there they go. Like, Carter has just been fantastic since he's been here with us. Carter is showing everything that needs to be shown at this point to tell me that he's probably not going to be a Griffin next season. That is so unfortunate, because I have yet to watch a game with him yet so far, because I've been following Flint. So I'm excited to see him. Well, it's just crazy how like this kid must be really good if he's just plugged in. He's very good. And started rocking it. Like I was excited to watch him. I'm excited to see him, uh, and I'll be able to watch him on Friday. Yeah, I mean, you know, I talked about it in the last episode. Like his first game, like he jumped in and. 
he looked like he fit in the AHL immediately. He kept up with the pace. He's making very gritty plays in the corner. Had multiple plays generated off of his stick that turned into scoring chances or scoring chances himself. It, he's an impressive player. I mean, you watch the broadcast and Bob just keeps saying, like, oh, this kid's going to be a good one. This kid is going to be a good one. The kid's already a good one. He's going to be an incredible player. My, my standout player for that game, obviously, is Carter Mazur. I mean, three-point game in Manitoba in a must-win game. It's just an incredible outing for him. The whole team played really well, though. Again, another one of those nights where, I mean, yeah, you put up five goals, so obviously there's not a single minus player on the roster. Um, you know, Weatherby's a plus three out there. Uh, Lashoff being a plus two. Uh, New Power being a plus two. Bar- Barton being a plus two. And, of course, you know, obviously Mazer was a plus two as well. So just a really, really good team game overall. But, I mean, obviously that kid stand out or stood out in that game. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see what's going to happen with him. Uh, if he's going to be here with us next season, if he's going to be up. I mean, there's just a lot of a lot of buzz around this guy. So um, I'm excited to watch him on Friday and just see, like, I'm hoping he gets some hits. I'm hoping he gets some goals. I'm hoping that they finish out the home season with a, uh, a, a big game. I mean, me too, obviously. I mean, also the best part about this kid is he puts the puck on net you know just as i'm getting ready to talk about the next game here i'm just looking quickly at the score sheet you know his game in rockford on the second four shots on goal his game in manitoba where he gets the two goals he had three shots on goal and the next game i'm about to talk about he has five shots on goal he's not afraid to shoot the puck already and that's the hardest thing to overcome with these rookies when they come in, especially out of college. They're afraid of just shooting the puck and maybe, you know, having a, just a dumb scoring chance or something that turns around and goes the other way and turns out to be bad. So he's not afraid. Yeah. Zero fear in this kid. Yeah, we've seen with with Edvidson as he's shot the puck in the wings and he's getting, his two goals have just been like long point shot deflections in off of bodies and you just, you know, you take it. You take what you get and he's uh, taking advantage of that opportunity. Yeah, put the puck on net and magic happens. It's crazy. It's like we've been preaching that all season long. So the next game was literally the next night against Manitoba again. This was a Thursday-Friday back-to-back, which was kind of strange. Again, obviously continues as a must-win game to keep playoff hopes alive. And they don't win. And we're eliminated at this point, aren't we? Mathematically. No, we actually weren't mathematically eliminated with this game. Because uh, Rockford got rocked that night oh so he still had some hope yep there was a little bit of hope after this game but there's a couple of highlights out of this game as well Lethemann gets the start obviously because Bednard played the night before and he has a redemption game at least you know we lost but I don't think a single goal was his fault he stopped 29 of 32 shots for Manitoba so he played really well he even actually heard he earned third star of the game <laughs> that's pretty good for even though he got the loss uh, yeah, they're, the winning goalie did not get a start of the game, but the losing goalie did. Go ahead and figure that one out. That's strange. So this one, Manitoba, kicks us off two minutes into the game. This is my one gripe with Lethemann as a Griffins goalie so far. There's usually a quick one in most games he's played, unfortunately, lately. Um, I don't know if he's still just adjusting to the speed of this game in the AHL or if he's just not really comfortable with the team in front of him or the system in front of him yet. Because, you know, we talk about the structure of Toledo and how that's so much different than the structure of Grand Rapids. I think it takes him a couple extra minutes to get really settled in with what's going on in front of him. Maybe maybe nerves? It could be, too. I mean, who knows? It's hard to say. Being a goalie is stressful. And, you know, with he had so many rough games recently, not 
by his fault entirely. I mean, there's soft goals here and there in every game, you know, he wanted those goals back and he carries that mentality of I'm just going on to the next game. I'm not going to worry about the last game. He's got a strong, strong head in every post game interview, even after the rough games, he was still uh, keeping his head high, but they do get one early in this game. Nothing else happens in the first period really here. A couple, couple penalties, but you know, no team capitalized on the penalty or the power play. Um, the funniest part was the first penalty of the game was on Manitoba, and it was a tripping call on their goalie. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah, thought that was funny. Um, special teams started to become a factor, though, in the second period. Six minutes into the second on the power play, uh, Mr. Mazer gets another goal, his third of the season already, uh, assisted by McIsaac and Hirose. So power play goal for the Griffins there. They ended up going one for five in this game, though, unfortunately. And about five minutes after that goal, Manitoba turns around, takes advantage of their power play, gets a goal, uh, takes a 2-1 lead, and then nothing else happens for this until about 10 minutes into the third. Manitoba capitalizes on the power play again and gets another one, takes a 3-1 lead. That's obviously the end of the game there. Uh, Manitoba went two for four on the power play. We went one for five. Manitoba had 32 shots on goal to our 23. Oh, geez. So the boys just were not ready, it sounds like. No, we're really struggling on the away back-to-backs lately. What do you think that is? I don't know. It's tough. I mean, Manitoba is a tough place to play. I mean, they share the arena with the Winnipeg Jets. They each use the same arena. You've seen Jets games. You know how that arena can be. It's not an easy place to play in as an away team. Their crowds weren't crazy, though, from the attendance that I can see. So I don't think that played a huge factor in this one besides just being away games. But I really don't know. It's it's tough It's tough to tell. I didn't get to watch this one as thoroughly as I wanted to. But, yeah, this is, uh, this is what we got. And, unfortunately... We lost, and we thought playoff hopes were done, but we had some help elsewhere, so we had a chance, mathematically at least, going into... That game. No, yeah, that's the, that's the game that we lost it. I'm sorry, I screwed that up there. No, you're good. So that that game, with that loss, it eliminated us. We were done. We were over. Yep, this is where we were eliminated, officially, on paper. Um it sucks. I mean, you never want to hit that point, but we all knew it was coming. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think I knew back in Jan- like January. And then they went on that hot streak. They won like five or six in a row. And then they didn't win it. They couldn't get it figured out after that. And I was like, all right, it's just a win one, lose one, win one, lose one. Big blowout. Tight game. And then they were playing a lot of tighter games lately. But, I mean, I... I just knew that there was no way that they were going to climb back up. That that streak in January was this the best streak that they had all year. It sucks being eliminated. No one likes it. But like you said, you uh, saw it coming a lot earlier than I wanted to mentally accept. <laughs> You're being David Perron over there. Hey, you know. Last guy to accept. You ex- just worry about the next game, right? Yeah, last guy to accept it. <laughs> I know. It's crazy. Uh, but the fun part, when you become eliminated, at least you can, you know, not really have the playoff stress on you, and you can go try to play spoiler for the other team. So is that what they did the next game? Oh, they wanted to. They didn't succeed. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the trap was right there for you, Brandon. <laughs> I know. You always said it for me. It's okay, though. It's okay. I've accepted it. Um, so the Griffins have a game on a 
Monday. Monday in Cleveland. I had to think about what day it was yesterday. This is crazy. Yeah, Monday in Cleveland, which, again, a game in Cleveland on a weekday on a weird day. Who would have thought? Um, Cleveland is fighting for their lives for a playoff spot right now. And it would have been fun to go in and spoil this one, but we did not. We ended up losing this one 2-1. to one. Uh, Bednard gets the start, stops 32-34, actually played a very good game again. Um, we just couldn't really get it going at the other end. Greaves played a really good game. But the only goal the Griffin scored was 59 seconds into the game. And it was a weird shot off the side that snuck its way in off Wyatt Newpower's stick, getting his second goal of the season. Uh, good to see him get a goal at the end of the season here. He doesn't get many of them, but when they do, they are usually pretty fun to watch. But this one was assisted by Carter Mazur and Donovan Sabrinko. So Mazur gets another point. Love that. And Sabrinko gets a nice assist there, which we all love to see. And Cleveland kind of took over at this point here. The rest of the first period was really tight. Both teams playing really well. Both goalies playing really, really well. Um, nine minutes into the second, uh, Fix Wolanski gets his 29th goal of the season. That guy just has it out <laughs> for us. Freaking incredible. Uh, he has it out for everyone. He is their top scorer, um, and he just does what he does best. He scores goals. Uh, he had a brief stint with the Blue Jackets right before this game, and I thought we weren't going to have to play against him, and then he was back, like, the next day. So Yeah. That sucked. <laughs> Pretty unfortunate for him. Yeah, and then Cleveland gets another one uh, right at the end of the second there, and that sealed the deal. That was on a, on the power play. Griffins went 0-3 on the power play. Cleveland went 1-2, for 2, so we did a good job staying out of the box. But we just couldn't get it going on the power play. A power play goal would have changed the whole uh, outlook of this game. And it's kind of like what I saw in the Rockford game, where they could not get into the zone to save their life Jesus. for some reason. I don't understand why, but it was bad. So, Are they still playing the dump and chase? Uh, it's a mix. Since since they added Mazer into the power play routine, it's it's been a little bit of a mix of that break-in, kind of like you see the Wings do with Larkin, how he'll just break into the zone with his speed. Uh, Mazer and O'Regan have been doing a pretty good job of that together, but there's still a decent amount of dump and chase on the power play. Why do you think they went back to that? If only I could ask the guy in charge directly. <laughs> Do you think he's going to be sticking around for a while? Um, no. Hey, we went, but I think we can do that in our season. We can go into that more in depth at our se- end of the season, like recap episode here. Might be a good question for us for Friday. I mean, yeah, it would be a good question. We have, yeah, we have two games left as a Griffins fan right now this season. We have Friday at home, the last home game of the season. That is against Rockford. Then we turn around and play in Chicago uh, away the last game of the season for these boys. So still an opportunity to play the spoiler card, though. We did add a uh, we did add a Griffin this week too. We did. I don't know how to pronounce this dude's last name. I'm not even gonna lie. Really? Come on, man. He is a Michigan man. His dad played at the University of Michigan, and you're not gonna pronounce his name. I think it's Bibioteca. <laughs> but I might be wrong. I might be wrong. I know. I heard Bob say it once last night. I tried to memorize it. I just couldn't. Um, but defenseman, right shot defenseman that raised a lot of eyebrows in camp uh, earlier this season. And 
I didn't see too much of him last night. He was kind of tucked away on the third pairing for defense. So we didn't get a really good sample size of a first game. I'm hoping we see more on Friday. Uh, they signed him out of the Charlottetown Islanders in the QMJHL. And as a right shot defenseman, this kid put up some points when he was there. Uh, I mean, they even played a couple of playoff games. He didn't do much in the playoffs, unfortunately. Of the four games they played, their team got swept. Uh, but he had 56 games played in the queue, scored 17 goals, 25 assists, putting up 42 points. So as a right shot defenseman, that's pretty good. He's playing I would in the say. queue? Yeah, we don't have a lot of them. Yeah, he was playing in the queue. That's crazy. I guess I, I just expect, I, I don't know, I thought he was just bouncing around the ECHL, to be honest with you. Uh, no, he's never played in the ECHL yet. He's only 21. He's very young. Yeah, it's it's interesting. He's an interesting one to see get some time. Like, again, uh, he raised a lot of eyebrows in the Red Wings training camp this year, but didn't really get a shot and ended up back in juniors. Now he's getting a quick end-of-the-season shot with Grand Rapids. I don't know what that means if we'll see him at training camp this year or not and what this all looks like. It is signed to just a tryout, but... Uh, it'd be interesting to watch him play on Friday and Saturday. I'd be able to watch it with a little bit more uh, focus, especially at the game. But I don't know where he, how it fits in with Simon coming back to the Griffins. I, I don't really know what that de- defense is going to look like on Friday. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see. I don't know. I just, I hope it's competitive. That's like, <laughs> yeah, that's, right. I mean, going for. Like, being at the Wings game and, like, going to the Flint game on Saturday, like, it's so different. It was, and like, watching the games this weekend, like, all of the Flint games, like, it's just completely different vibe, different energy. And it's weird. I'm, so I'm looking, I'm just looking at our defensive roster right now, trying to, like, picture in my head what Friday's game looks like. I mean, right now, Johansson's still out with injury, obviously. Um, but we have Barton, Edvinson. McIsaac, Lashoff, New Power, Sabrango, Vero, Wallander. That's a lot of defensemen. Plus, you add our new guy in there as well. You, th- <coughs> you, so, you think they would probably just send some people down to Toledo this week then? I'm assuming we, unfortunately, because he's got a hot stick right now, we're going to see probably Seth Barton get assigned back to Toledo. Sabrango. Um, and. I, I would say, yeah, I would say so as well. Because there's no way, unless unless there's injury, I don't, there's no way Wallander's not playing on Friday. So the weirdest part of those that four-game stretch for the Griffins is that Wallander did not play the games in Manitoba. And he also did not play the game in Cleveland. So I think he might be injured. Huh. But it's so hard to get injury reports or anything out of the AHL. Um, and if you don't hear the pregame announcement scratches, you really don't know who scratched that night. But I swear I saw him on the lineup sheet that Bob Kayser had tweeted out before the Cleveland game, but he was listed as a seventh D-man. So I think he's battling something. So maybe he skated warm-ups, but it was a game-time decision. But he yeah, He's not played the last three games. That's unfortunate. Me, I well then I hope he's playing on Friday because I haven't watched him play yet either. Like I've just been able to see some highlights that we've been able to grab from him, but that's about it. So 
Hopefully he's there Friday. Hopefully they have a full lineup and they're just beat the crap out of the... Who do we play Friday? Rockford? Rockford, yeah. Yeah, I mean, we're playing spoiler for both teams here. Uh, I really don't know how that scenario works out for the playoffs right now and what Rockford needs to do to keep Chicago behind them. But we play both teams. <laughs> and... I think we could have some fun here. I don't know which one I'd rather not see in the playoffs more, Chicago or Rockford. I think i got to say Chicago, unfortunately, just based off my long-time hatred of the Wolves. <laughs> I don't want Chicago to go in, especially if they're going to pull out of the AHL. Yeah, so before we jump into Toledo here, because we're just talking about the AHL, I don't know many details on this yet, but it sounds like Chicago is going to go fully independent next season. So that means they won't be partnered with an NHL team, and they're going to rely solely on signing players themselves. I don't know how the heck any organization in the AHL meets the standard of play in the AHL to be competitive, but also stays away from the veteran rule by not signing with an NHL team to have players from. I don't know. It just, to me, it frustrates me. It frustrates I feel frustration for the league and for the teams and the players because they finally get all the divisions matched up. Everybody's got an affiliate, which is how I feel like it should be. And now you're pull- like, this is our first season with every team having an affiliate. Everybody's connected. Everybody's linked up. And now you're going to pull it out. Yeah, it doesn't make sense. Um, I know there was talk of a couple teams being upset this year about how some things went in the AHL, but really, like, it was only, like, four or five teams total. And Chicago, of course, you know, after last season winning the Calder Cup and now being at the bottom of the barrel, I mean, they're still being talked about getting in the playoffs. There's still a shot. They're one point behind Rockford. That's it. It's one point that separates those guys. Um, Who's their affiliate? Chicago's is Carolina, which, again, why would you not want to be affiliated with Carolina? Yeah, they've been good. I mean, they're currently beating us right now. Well, yeah, they're beating the Red Wings right now. It's a rough time with the Wings. We're tanking hard for Bedard, man. Come on. We're in the Bedard sweepstakes right now. We can't finish We are now. officially in the Bedard sweepstakes. But yeah, this Chicago news, I think, shocked everybody, and it's really weird. Um, it'll be interesting to see if the league even lets this happen or if all of a sudden Chicago's looking for a new league to play in. Could they block um, could it? we see him in the ECHL? I, I don't know. There, there's so much unknown here, because I don't think a team has done this in the AHL, to my knowledge. Um, it's weird. It's weird, man. It's weird. Especially in an organization like that, that has the fan base they do. I cannot imagine this is keeping anybody happy at this point. Like, if you're mad that your team has call-ups to the NHL occasionally, like... Just deal with it. Every team in the league deals with it the same way. Look at what the Griffins have gone through this season. It's decimated a roster that we thought would be a playoff team. Yeah, welcome to our world. Well, it doesn't help either when we have, you know, Ben Simon as our coach. Uh, no, no, that doesn't <laughs> help at all. Not nothing helps that situation <laughs> um, with that coach there. But anyways, should we uh, should we talk about some Toledo action? Talk about some walleye. Toledo. Toledo. I love Toledo. Toledo? So, normally we're covering, like, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday games, or Friday, Saturday, Sunday games, and... Their schedule's been pretty light. It's been super light. I feel bad because I'm like, man, we haven't really kept up with Toledo, but there really hasn't been any games because they haven't played much. The last time we recorded was, what, the first? 
Uh, yeah, it was April 1st. Uh, so Toledo played the Stingrays, uh, first time that they played them all season, and they lost 4-1. to one. So this was a, this was not something we've, we've seen a whole lot of, uh, a big blowout on the Toledo side. I didn't know they knew how to lose. Yeah, it's, uh, hopefully they learned their lesson and they won't do it again <laughs> with the playoffs starting soon. <laughs> So this game, so Carolina came out to play. First period, they came out 18 shots. Toledo had nine. Second period, they came out with 15. Toledo had nine. And the third period, South uh, Stingrays had nine shots, and Toledo had six. So a grand total of 42 shots on net, and Toledo had 24. Ghost was in net, 38 saves, four goals against. Uh, and then Bednar was uh, backing them up that night. Not... Yeah, not much here we want to talk about. I mean, it's... Uh... Well, the only piece I'll add to that game is I looked at Kosa's post-game interview, and he just said that he wasn't seeing pucks well that night. Uh, everything felt off every move he made. Um, so it's not what you want to hear, but at the same time, he recognized what was wrong and was ready to correct it. So I'll give him credit there. Yeah, and I mean, he's feeling the he's getting the load. I mean, he's he's starting every game. He's playing every game right now, so... I mean to take all this in. That's a it's a lot yeah. for a twenty year old kid. Yeah, it's a lot. The so that was the second. I want to go back real quick, and then they played. They only played Friday, April seventh. Uh, they played Cincinnati. We only have two games to talk about for Toledo. That's it. Which, wow, honestly. I'm kind of glad because I thought there was going to be a lot more, and the only games I've been watching this week were Flint. So, uh, Toledo played Cincinnati. It was four to one. It was a weird game. So Toledo had six shots on that in the first period. Cincinnati had five shots on period uh, on that in the first period. Second period, Cincinnati had fourteen to Toledo's eleven, and then Cincinnati had fifteen to Toledo's eleven. So total shots given up. Toledo had thirty. Toledo gave up 34 shots, and Cincinnati gave up 28. This game, you had in net. Mr. Cosa, I remember seeing the results of this one. You said it was 4-1, to though. Who won this game? Toledo. Okay, good. So Toledo won this game. That's funny. Why? Because Cincinnati could have clinched the division in that game, and they failed to, because Toledo got to play spoiler that night at least. That was that game, <laughs> yep. So, and okay. I remember them tweeting yep. that out, and they're like, awfully quiet tonight, guys. Yeah, oh yeah, their social media team was having fun with that game. That's good, that's good. Uh, goal scorers, Gordy Green, Andrew Stewart, Sam Craggs, and TJ Hedzik in the third. So Nice. They do that's have... what. I said, that's good stuff, those goal, goal scorers. Hensick getting in there, too, is always good to see. Some exciting stuff out of Toledo, at least. The thing I like the most about the two games we just talked about is that Kosa had a really bad game and then bounced back against like the third-best team in the league and played an incredible game. Oh, yeah. I mean, he, and it's not like he didn't have any shots against him. Like, he's he's getting the workload. I mean, Cincinnati oh, outshot yeah. Toledo 34-28. Yeah. to 28. So, I mean, for him to stay up in that... Bounce back from a crappy game the night before, come out and fire in. Like that's that's all you can ask for. Yeah, exactly. Um, there's scheduled games coming up. I think what they've got three more games left, right? 
Three games left. They play Friday, April 14th at Kalamazoo. They play Saturday, April 15th at Toledo against Kalamazoo. And they finish out the season on the 16th against the Comets at Toledo. So Why couldn't they flip that Kalamazoo game the way in home there so we can go on Saturday? Come on. I mean, I can call and <laughs> make some favors and see if I can pull some strings, but uh, it might be a little <laughs> bit too late since it is Tuesday today. But yeah, I know. I was like, I was hoping we could go to that game, but I'm excited for the promotion for Friday night and the jersey auction for Friday night too at the Griffins. Yeah, we gotta. Be, we can't not be at the Griffins' final home game of the season. That would be stupid. So, I mean, the playoff matchup for Toledo has been set, right? Yes, it has been set. Uh, they start on the twenty first. Indy, they're playing Indy. Indy Fuel. They're playing Indy. And the first two games are in Toledo, so the 21st and the... No, you're fine. The first two games are in Toledo. They got the home ice advantage in this one. They are playing Indy, so I thought while you were talking, because I knew who they were playing, obviously, uh, I'd pull up a little team comparison here between the Walleye and the Fuel. Oh, look at you uh, go. How this season has looked so far. You know, I've got my stuff together sometimes. Um, <laughs> Somebody has so, to on this podcast. <laughs> uh, neither of us truly do, but, you know, it happens. So, for this season so far, granted each team has a couple games left, uh, goals scored. Who do you think's got the advantage here between the Walleye and the Fuel? Fuel. No, actually, it's the Walleye. They scored 244 goals this season to the Fuel's 234. Pretty darn close, uh, though. Yeah, that is close. So that could be interesting. Short-handed goals. Who do you think has the advantage? Toledo. The Fuel. Man, I'm over. This two. is crazy. This is I know good. this is crazy though. Uh, fuel have 13 short-handed goals in the season to the Walleyes three. Jeez, that's not a lot at all. No. Uh, power play percentage. Who do you think's got the advantage? Come Toledo. on, yeah, get, get one. They do 25% uh, to their uh, fuels 20, so really close. In the penalty kill percentage, who do you think's got that one? Toledo. Yeah, they do. Eighty-six percent, eighty-six percent to the Indy Fuels. Eighty-two. These teams are closer in stats than I thought this season. It's pretty crazy. I'm excited to see how this rolls. Uh, I mean. And they do a different format for playoffs, so I don't know if you saw this, but they do the first two at Toledo, then they do the next three on the road, and then they come back for the next two. So, a little bit different than what you see with the other, like, the OHL or the NHL or the AHL. Yeah, the AHL does something very similar to this. I'm pretty sure, if I'm correct, the AHL's first round is best of five. Oh, See, you're having a hard time trying to remember because we haven't been in the playoffs in a long time. It's been a minute. (laughs) (laughs) I have walked right into that one. Yeah, you did. (laughs) So, like, I'm excited about this first round for the Walleye. I am kind of bummed that the first round isn't the Battle of Ohio, though. I really was hoping it would be Cincinnati versus Toledo. Um, But there's still a chance that could happen in the playoffs in a much more meaningful round. So that could be cool. It, do you see the tr- the tree or no, like the playoff bracket? No, I don't see that currently. I don't think it's set yet. Oh, that's fair too. I can see who's clinched so far. It looks like the central division that Toledo is in. It looks like it's set though. It looks like it's Fort Wayne and Indy, 
and Toledo and Cincinnati. So Cincinnati plays Fort Wayne, and uh, the Walleye play Indy. So Ohio versus Indiana matchup. <laughs> little little rivalry there. I like it. That's kind of cool. I don't think Cincy and Toledo will be taking the same bus, though. Probably not. It's probably a <laughs> full brawl at that point. It looks like the Mountain Division is the one uh, in the ECHL that really hasn't been decided yet, and the North Division, I think, still has one team matchup. Yeah, because fourth and fifth in that division are separated by one point right now. <laughs> so there's still a few more teams to be decided for the ECHL playoffs before that playoff tree is set. But at least we know what the Central looks like. We know what Toledo's path looks like in the Central. And it's going to be an interesting watch. I really want to try to get down to a game, but I don't think the playoff schedule is going to be kind to us, at least in the first round. So we'll really? see. I, not for my schedule, no. Oh, I saw Game 7. Game 7 on a Sunday. Well, let's hope they can just get it done earlier than that. I don't like that pressure. Yeah, I don't we just wa- We just watched a Game 7 last night, and it was stressful. It was stressful. Speaking so. of that Game 7, let's talk about the Flint Firebirds. Yeah, let's talk about the Game 7. Let's talk about that whole crazy series. So we, as a Michigan resident, we were treated to the best playoff series, I believe, in ages. Like, first game... Saginaw comes out, and we talked about it in the last podcast. Uh, Saginaw just crushes Flint seven to one. Heard there was a stomach bug going on, so you give them the benefit of the doubt. Next game, Saginaw comes out four to one, so it's a little bit closer. So, my head, I'm like, this series isn't going to go. This it's not going to be a sweep. There's no way Saginaw take care of business at home. Now we're going back into Flint. Flint's gonna Flint's gonna even this up. And game three, Flint, this was Monday, this was Monday night, and I stayed late at work, and I could not leave work because I was watching it on my iPad, and I was like, this game is so crazy. Just back and forth of this game. It ended up being 5-4 to four, Flint, but they won it in overtime. So it was just like, just back and forth all night long between the two uh, between the two teams. So, so yeah, Drew kicked us off in the first. Uh, five minutes in, he scores with an assist from Colson Petrie. Saginaw answers back with two goals. And then Flint comes back and rattles off three. So Tristan, Bertucci, Marco, Stochkov, and then Amadeus Lombardi scores the third one to get us back into the lead. And then Saginaw replies, and they get two in the... Th- like, this third period was crazy. So, let me restart this for the fourth time. So, to kick us off of this crazy game in this crazy series. So, Zachary Giroux scores five minutes into the first. Then you had Saginaw answered like a minute later. Then the second period, you had Misa scores for Saginaw. Tristan Bertucci scores. And so, they were tied up. 2-2 going into the third period. And this is where all hell breaks loose. So Saginaw comes out, or sorry, Flint comes out and scores uh, one with 12 minutes into the game. Amadeus Lombardi scores to put us, to get the insurance goal at that point. And then Saginaw uh, rattles off two more goals. And then we go into overtime and Nolan Dan scores in overtime 
to get Flint back into the series. So it was two, uh, Saginaw had two games to one. So it was just, I was stuck at work. I couldn't leave until overtime was over. And I know you were watching it, Brandon. Yeah. It was wild, man. Yeah, it was funny. Every time we were texting throughout this game, and you're like, I'm, I'm not leaving until this game's over. I'm not leaving. Um, I couldn't I could miss it. It was just, it was nuts. And I... That would have been a crazy, like, triple overtime game. Your boss would have been like, dude, what the heck? <laughs> I mean, I was still working, but, um, yeah, it was just... Eh. I was screaming. I was jumping up. I was, I could not believe the game. Like, it was just, it was such a good game uh, to see just the back and forth and, like, everybody was in it. So, like, I was hooked because uh, I don't think I watched. Yeah, I didn't watch game one or game two, the ones in Saginaw. I, I started watching the game, at game three. Yeah, same here. And this is the moment where I saw, like, the fight that this team has in them and the capabilities that they do have offensively. Uh, I mean, I've obviously watched one or two games before this in the season, and I knew how fast they were. I knew what they could do scoring-wise. But this is, like, you don't want to go down three games in a series, and this is what they come out and do. And, man, it was it was fun to watch. Yeah, they couldn't afford to lose that game either. So, like, them coming out was huge to be able to get that. That takes us to game four, and still in Flint, and the way this one worked, I mean, this one was crazy as well. Like, Lombardi, the first period was tied, 0-0, nobody scored, and Lombardi rips one in the second period, and he just, he this kid is so fast. So he comes in, he stops, pulls it back, it just launches it over the goalie. Like, goalie had no chance with this. Hits the bar, goes in. Uh, Flint goes up by the board, one nothing. And Saginaw comes back, ties it in the second. Nothing in the third. And then Mitchell Smith scores the game-winning goal f- about six minutes into the overtime. For Saginaw, right? For Saginaw, yeah. And Mitchell Smith's from Saginaw. So, like... That's kind of cool for him to be able to get a game-winning goal, puts Saginaw up three games to one, and that much closer to going to, going into the next round, right? Yeah, I'm not gonna lie. This is where I thought the series was over. Like I thought it was done here. I didn't. I didn't think the next games were gonna happen the way they did. Really? Oh, I. I, I mean, yeah, you go down three games to one. You you don't you don't anticipate what we saw next. But I'll let you get into it. I mean, they played Saginaw so... It was so back and forth all season. So I'm like, this series could go either way. But I was like, they laid an egg in that first game, which sucks. But the second game, they were closer. And then they just kept getting closer throughout. So I'm like, I I, I don't know. I just felt like this team still had it and it was going to go for a long series. And I also wanted it to go to game six so we could go to the game. <laughs> That's very fair. So game five, they flip goes to the Dow. And they put up five goals and win this one, uh, five to two against the Spirit. And Lombardi kicks it off again with the scoring in the first. And uh, second period, you have Giroux scores, so they're up two nothing. Saginaw comes back, gets on the board. Mitchell Smith in the second period gets a goal. And the third period, it got kind of crazy. So Saginaw scores, so they've tied it up now. And Flint goes on a tear. They get uh, Kuzman scores, Ethan Hayes scores, and then Tyler DeLine scores a empty netter at the end uh, to put Flint up five to two in this game. 
five to two flint win in saginaw to stay alive to stay alive so at this point flint has won one two and saginaw has won three so it's it's three to two flint's still playing to survive and they go into game six saturday april 8th in flint and this is the game that we went to we were there we were there we were there well physically i was there uh no but yeah we were there it was i don't know i it was amazing to me i don't know how you guys felt you want to talk about well let's 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 talk about the game first here then i'll tell i'll tell you my every opinion i have of my experience at my first in-person flint firebirds game so saginaw kicks off the scoring joey willis scores mitchell smith gets the assist Nolan Dan comes out and ties it up in the... There's no scoring in the first, so this was all in the second period. Nolan Dan scores to tie it up. You have Saginaw scores two more goals. So they're up 3-1. to one. And I think at this point, I mean, I feel like a lot of people thought they were out. And I was like, no. I was like, this series has been so back and forth. I'm like, I, I truly believe Flint's going to come back and tie this game. And... They did. Uh, Nolan Dance scores the in the third. Giroux scores. And then Colson Petrie with just a sick goal to end this in overtime. Uh, Flynn only had one shot in overtime. And it was the game-winning goal. So, <laughs> I mean, it was breakaway, down. He knew it was going in as he was going down. Uh, Jess, uh girl that i follow on twitter that we've talked about she's a season take a holder over a flint she goes you could just see the smile on his face when he took that puck at center ice and was going like he knew it was going in so uh that was just it was wild it was it was a wild game i have no voice from it <laughs> i'm still trying to recover but yeah it was it was fantastic i'll let you talk uh felix thoughts yeah emotions so <laughs> yeah, that uh, final goal was sick, and yeah, you could tell. I mean, listening to the the radio call and the highlights afterwards, it's the most perfect radio call I've ever heard of a game six game winning goal. Because he literally, before the puck is in the net, he's still skating into the zone with it. He's like, for game seven, here it is, and it goes in, and it was uh, it was just perfect. Like you couldn't write the book better on that one. Um, Jeez. it was, it was so great. Yeah. I, I'll have to send it to you again, just cause I was so hyped even after the game, but then seeing that too, I was like, Oh, this is so great. Um, yeah, dude, first experience at an OHL game, first experience at a Firebirds game, first time ever at Dort financial center. I didn't know what to expect going into this, right? Like you, I, it's, it's, this I, is my, I, I try to set your expectations super low. <laughs> you did too. And Dude, my expectations were blown away. Um, the place, it, yeah, it's an old barn. It's been there for a while, you can tell. But, dude, it's it's everything hockey needs to be. There's no flash to it. There's nothing nothing crazy. You can tell there's history there. And the fans freaking love this team. That is a city of fans that have this team's back, no matter what the result is. Uh, even when they were still down 3-1, to one, everybody you know you, you say like people thought they were out and they might have thought they were out but the fans were still in the game the fans are still chanting cheering having a good old time the whole the whole game they were like that like 
when we were down by two, like they the fans never gave up. I felt like no, everybody was sure. in it. Yeah, it was such a cool experience. I mean, the atmosphere was incredible. It's nothing that I expected going into that. I didn't expect that place to to get that loud. Um, like you know, you know how the Apple Watch has the thing where it's like, oh, loud noise environment. And I've had that go off at Van Handel, and it's like ninety decibels. No, the the door broke freaking a hundred decibels on my watch in that game. I think that's when they tied it. That place was it was fun man i had so much fun there i was hooked i was emotionally invested in this team right after that game um obviously flint's been your team to cover this year on the pod just because you know you're from flint they've been your team forever you've slowly slowly turned me into a firebirds fan um and that game right there kind of sealed the deal so what a fun time what a cool place we'll definitely be back for another game not just you know it's not just of course i love that team because lombardi's there and he's a wings prospect and God, he's an incredible hockey player. But what a fun time. I'm so ready to go back. I'm so sad the next game about the result about the next game we're about to talk about. <laughs> yeah. I mean I I had a blast. It was I mean the last game that I went to there, we beat Guelph ten to three. And that was that was a fun game to be at too. So I mean I was I've had good luck with Flint this year of going to the games and seeing some good games and uh we played. I watched them play Saginaw this year too, so I believe that was a win for us as well. Better so. than your Red Wings luck. <laughs> yeah, she's. Yeah, they haven't won a game since I've been at the, at the Little Caesars this year. And I almost, I was asked to. I was like, my boss was like, "Are you off Monday?" And I was like, "I can't be." I'm like, "Do I go to Saginaw for Game Seven, or do I go to the Wings to try to uh, finish out the season with a win?" And I'm. I went to work. I was responsible. I wish you would have went to Saginaw. They might have won. That would have been... I, honestly, I was probably going to go to the Wings game if it was another game. <laughs> well, you would have been extremely disappointed by that one, too. Yeah. <laughs> and maybe... Yeah. That was a, that was a bad game. Um, and then I would have regretted not going to Saginaw to watch the, the series, but... Yeah, so run me through Game 7 real quick. Obviously, they win Game 6. We're there. They force Game 7 Monday. What happened? Game 7, OHL playoffs. First first series against the Bird... Are we calling this the Bird Bowl? The Bird Battle? The it Battle, of, the the battle of I-75, Battle of Birds, Battle for Michigan. It, Who cares? It's Game this, 7. It's Game 7. Everybody's in it. It's in Saginaw. Amadeus Lombardi comes out and gets the first goal with three minutes in. Like, he sets the tone... He's ready to go. He's like, let's finish this game tonight. Let's finish the series. And Saginaw comes back and answers with two goals in the first, a goal in the third. And I'm like, they're down by two. We've seen this before. I'm not, I still believe in this team. I think this is still going to be a crazy series right here. And Colson Petrie gets a goal in the third. Lombardi gets another goal like two minutes after. So at this point, we're tied. And I'm like, there's only, well, there's 14 minutes left in the third. So I'm like, oh my gosh, I have to leave work. I cannot stay here all night. So I put on my iPad. I'm driving. <laughs> I'm driving with it, with the sound on, listening to it. Cause I'm like, I, I have to, I have to know what's going on with this. And unfortunately, Tristan Bertucci. Gives up a, gives up the puck and they slip it in 
Uh, goalie's not paying attention either. They, he thinks Tristan's got it, and uh, the goal and puck goes in the net. And that was kind of like the deflating balloon. So they pull the goalie, uh, Flint does, and Mitchell Smith gets the insurance goal for the empty netter, and then Dean Locus gets the other empty netter. So Flint's season ends at the hands of Saginaw, 6-3. to three. But, they, I mean, it was close. It was close all the way up until they, they uh, pulled the goalie. And two empty net goals just kind of sealed their fate. So, I mean, Saginaw moves on. They play Sarnia in the next round. We're going to one of them. We're going to game three. I mean, the goalie stood on their head. The one thing I want to mention is the goalie stood on their head. Like, Tristan Lennox for Saginaw just was incredible the entire game. Uh, the entire series. Oh, my God. Yeah, he was. It was something I I couldn't believe it, man. It's uh, he's making saves that I've never seen goalies make. So he had one heck of a game. A little bit of puck luck there for sure for Saginaw too. But can we just talk about how freaking sick Lombardi's goals were? Lombardi's goals were sick. Uh, yeah. You oh got my it. god, dude! The both goals just making incredibly smart plays with the puck again. Showing how smart of a player he truly is. He's just that little toe drag in front of the net to pull back in that first goal. And then the rush on that second goal. God, he's so fast. He's one of the fastest skaters I've seen in a long time. Probably, you know, thinking back to Dylan Larkin's early years at the wings. Like the speed. I mean, Larkin's still got a ton of speed, but... The speed he brought in the first couple of years, especially like the year he set that speed record in the All-Star game, like that's the skating ability I see out of Lombardi here. And it, there's been a lot of talk this week. You know, it's is his? Are we signing him? Like, is he going to get assigned to Grand Rapids to finish out this season? I don't think so. He just went through a crazy playoff battle. I'd love to see him here. Something crazy that we could, you know, see tomorrow and announce tomorrow or Thursday or Friday, whatever. Um, but the talk is, does this kid have a chance to break into the NHL roster next season? And I think uh, it was during tonight's Wings game, or it was last night's Wings game, I don't remember, Lum- or Mickey Redmond was talking about Lombardi and how he thinks he has a shot. And when you got Mickey Redmond saying that you have a shot to crack the NHL roster next season, that's high praise right there. Yeah. I would be I would be shocked if he made the NHL. I selfish reasons I would love for him to be here. Hey, Grand Rapids. Uh, same. I mean, same. I've already told you if he's here next year, I'm literally ordering a jersey with his name and number on it. I hope he sticks with number ninety three as well. I like it. I mean, I'm I'm hoping to buy a jersey, his jersey as well. Once you sent me that, I'm like, dang it! All right, <laughs> no way to be matching, but he's. I don't boy. care. It's, it's, yeah, dude, he's I'm full all in on this player. Uh, just as excited for him as I am for Carter Mazur. Um, I think the two of them on a team together is going to be something crazy. And you still got prospects that the Wings have in the funnel that you're just like, wow, look at this all coming together. Yeah, we we still have a draft. Yeah, we still before have a I went off on my... Uh, yeah, we do. We do have a draft coming up. Um, before I went off on the Lombardi praise, though, over here, you were saying the uh, the Saginaw schedule against Sarnia. Did you did you find that? Yeah, so they play Friday, April fourteenth in Sarnia. I mapped that; it's about three hours away. So if you want to go, Brandon. Uh, Sunday, 
<laughs> yeah, it's in Canada. Uh, Sunday, April 16th, and then they play at Saginaw the next two games, Tuesday, April 18th, and then Thursday, April 20th. And we'll record, we'll record, bef- we'll have one, well, probably two games in before they, before we record again. So I'm excited. I looked at tickets today and there were so many good open spots. And I was like, where do we sit? Because I'm like, I'm not happy that Flint got eliminated. I wanted Flint to go on. It would have been great for the city. It would have been great for the fans. It would be great for the boys. But looking at the positive side, we love hockey. If anybody's going to move on, like, we're going to cheer for them regardless. So, I mean, I don't know. Are we bandwagoners? I don't know. But, I mean, you can call us bandwagoners, but, yeah, it's just hockey fans at this point. We're going to go watch more playoff hockey, and there's nothing like playoff hockey. I'm excited to be back in the Dow. I'm excited for you to go, and because the rink is very, when I was looking at seats, it's set up very weird, very odd, I guess. So, uh... I'm excited for you to see this. And I'm excited to just remember like what it what the arena looks like and how everything is in it. So. Yeah, it'll be cool, man. I'm pretty pumped for it too. I wish we were going to watch Flint again uh, this season, but obviously we're not. So we'll go we'll go support Saginaw and go watch some go watch some more playoff hockey. Flint themselves, uh, dude, that team better keep their heads high because what a season for them. I think nobody expected them to do what they did, and they did not give up. So, good for them. It was incredible. Made me a fan. Ready for next season for them. Uh, still want a blue Lombardi jersey, too, if they ever get those in stock again. But, anyways. Yeah. <laughs> I have been. And I guess what we have to do, Brandon, is we have to save up our money over the summer, and we have to buy them right during the season, the start of the season. Yeah, when they first get them, apparently they only get one order of them, they said. Crazy. Yep. Craziness. Yep. So but yeah, man. Uh, so that's all the hockey we've got to talk about. Crazy. There's a lot of hockey. There was a, good, a lot of good vibes. A lot of great vibes. Saturday night, Saturday for the Wings, Saturday for Flint. A lot of good vibes. Yeah, it's uh, it's gonna be, it's gonna be interesting to see what comes next. Uh, we'll have a little bit less hockey to talk about uh after this week. So craziness. But we did uh. We did have a good time in Detroit as well. We got to do that Wing Wheel podcast night, which was pretty cool. Meet the guys there, do the live, be at the live recording with Ken Daniels. Uh, I was chatting afterwards. I think I had, was talking with Prashant, and I had mentioned Mazer. And I was like, man, it'll be cool to have him in Lombardi and Grand Rapids next season. And he instantly shut me down. And he was like, Mazer's not in Grand Rapids next year, dude. Keep dreaming. <laughs> Oh. Uh, it hurt. It hurt my soul, but at the same time, he's probably right. That kid's. Uh, Hopefully, he's playing. That kid's incredible, man. Um, we got a lot of incredible players coming up the pipeline here. Yeah, it kind of makes me rethink about trying to do season tickets for next year. You know, but if Cart like, we've got Carter Mazer, we have Labardi, we have who else is coming through? We have whatever draft picks we pick this year, potentially coming Wallander, over. Uh, with Wallander. Niederbach still floating around out there. There's, yeah, there's a lot of players, man. I think uh, I'm most excited now. I mean, obviously, we're going to try to work. If we, in Cosa. In Cosa. God dang. Um, <laughs> I think what I'm most excited about now, though, is 
obviously we're going to go to the Saginaw game for this playoff game. He still want to squeak in a Toledo playoff game. I don't know if it'll be round one, round two, round three, whatever it's going to be. Uh, still definitely want to squeak one of those in. I'm most excited to get up to training camp in Traverse City this season because after the season, because I think it's going to be uh, the fastest training camp we'll ever see with the amount of speed and talent that's going to be playing there. I'm so excited to go back to Traverse City and to be able to see training camp. Like, I'm taking the vacation days. I'm going up there. I don't care if it's the last day of the month. Like, I have to. It's something I wanted to do last year, and we didn't get the chance because they sold out, which I didn't know that was a thing. (laughs) Me neither. We'll be on top of it this year. What what do we got? How do you want to wrap this up tonight, Brandon? As crazy as... We went kind of fast. We did go pretty fast. As crazy as it sounds, I really don't have anything much else to add with this. I don't think my brain is fully processed back what reality is after this weekend and the two games in a day. (laughs) I don't have a single other thing to add. I know I'm already brainstorming what a season recap for Grand Rapids is going to look like, uh, what we're going to talk about with that. Um, obviously we're going to keep a close eye on the walleye. Uh, we'll keep a close eye on Saginaw as well since it's local to us. So we'll see what goes on there. But after this week, we won't have Red Wings to talk about. We won't have Griffins to talk about. The one piece I can throw at you here is what do we think the Toledo roster looks like as soon as the Griffin season is done? I hope they pretty much just inject this team with a bunch of steroids of our players up here in Grand Rapids. Yeah, I mean, it's, it very well could happen. Everybody goes down and everybody goes through and everybody wins. And so everybody gets those playoff experience and they welcome all their players back and they go on a long run. Yeah, for the Griffins fans That's what my and the is. Walleye fans listening to this, I mean, you got to remember, I think players that will qualify for this you have Drew Warad, you have Trenton Bliss, you have Kirill Tataev, you have... Kirill! I know, right? You have, Johnny? You have Lethemann, obviously will get sent back, most likely. Um, you got Seth Barton, and you also have the reality of, I think, Donovan Sabrango played enough games in Toledo to qualify for a playoff roster. Which, wow, that's an injection of frickin' talent right there. Said if only they had uh, started Carter Mazer in Toledo and could send him there to tear up the ECHL and terrorize them. Oh my God, Jesus. that would be incredible. But yeah, this is a that's a lot of players. To me, like it's weird. Like in my head, it hasn't ended yet. Like you know what I mean? Like I, I'm so used to the playoffs ending in June, like hockey ending in like June, July, Juneish with the Stanley Cup. And so, now we're at our last home game of the Griffins this Friday, and I still feel like there's more hockey. Like, ho- hockey's not over for us, Brandon. Like, we still have Saginaw that's going on. We have Toledo's going to start the playoffs next week. So, we still have teams to follow. Our The pod will probably be a little bit shorter, unless there's, like, there, there probably won't be huge news from the Griffins, and we're not going to get anybody called up or sent down or anything like that. So, that will be helpful for us. Yeah, it's definitely there's still be hockey to talk about. We'll have to figure out how to watch these walleye playoff games and figure out what that looks like because 
I'll, I'll need I'll need something to watch. Obviously, I'll watch the NHL playoffs. I watch them every year, but I need something else to watch that I could be emotionally invested in, <laughs> besides just jumping on the Seattle Kraken bandwagon for the playoffs. That then that's a tough matchup. I hope they don't get matched up with Colorado the first round. I really hope they don't. Yes, but, same here. I mean we have, we have set we have Saginaw that's in the playoffs. We have Toledo that's in the playoffs, so we can jump right over to those and follow those. Because I mean Toledo's going to make. That, that's going to make a huge difference for the Grand Rapids. So with Costa playing and the R players going back down, whoever they send. Yeah, Toledo needs to go on a deep, deep run here and hopefully win a cup. Uh, I want Costa to get as much experience as humanly possible. It's crazy to think for me, like, because most teams in the playoffs, you're not going to flip-flop your goalies. You're going to stick with the hot hand. And if Johnny gets sent back to Toledo, I, I assume Who I assume Costa is starting and we I don't know if we see Lethman play a game in Toledo for the, the playoffs unless Kosa has a bad playoff run. Uh, but I don't imagine it. He's been playing so well down there, consistently getting, you know, goalie of the week, ECHL player of the week, player of the month, all this stuff. Like, he's doing the right things and playing really well. I, I They're going to ride him through the playoffs, I think, and that's the right decision to make if I'm giving my opinion. And with that injection of defense and offense from Grand Rapids that'll come in front of them, like, it's going to be crazy. They should be able to just sweep everybody moving forward. I wouldn't go that far. There's a lot of tough opponents that they're going to play against. But, I mean, even just thinking about, like, how many assists that Tataev racked up in Toledo, think of the players that he's going to be putting the puck on their stick now. I mean, you still have Hawkins that's obviously doing incredible things. You're going to have the guys he's been playing with in Grand Rapids here back down there. And then you got uh, Hensick as well. And who knows what he's going to do uh, taking passes from these guys. So it's, it's going to be crazy, man. I'm really excited for it. If I'm a walleye fan, I'm all in and they're, they're winning the cup. I hope we can go to a game. And I hope it's like a Saturday or, well, no, I hope it's a Sunday. To be able to get down there in enough time, get back with enough time, but that's that's what I'm hoping for. Because one, I got my Toledo jersey now, <laughs> so I'm ready to represent. And two, it was a cool barn. Like I don't know, I I enjoyed that barn a lot, and I hope to see it again. And I would like to just feel that playoff hockey is so different. Like there's nothing that could compare to that in any sport or anything else. Like. Just the energy and, like, the excitement and, like, the emotional investment into it. Like, it's just, it's so different. I, I love it. It's my favorite time of the year. And it's also my most stressful because we're like, all right, what games are what days? Like, can we go to this one? Can we go to that one? Which days can we watch? Like, it's just chaos. Yeah, it's truly the most beautiful time of the year when it comes to hockey because you can turn on the TV most nights and there's a game on at all hours of the night. Once you get home from work till the West Coast games are done especially when it comes to NHL, but now we're also be watching the walleye and Saginaw. Like, thank God I have multiple monitors on my computer to be able to watch all these games that we're going to we want to watch. It's going to be crazy. It's going to be a good vibe. I'm ready for it's it. It's going to be good vibes. Good, good vibes only if you're Nick. <laughs> yep. That's what I'm here for. The vibes. The, well, we wait, we do have some news that we need to update our listeners for. What's that? So at the Red Wings game, Toledo girl, I actually did see her again, <laughs> and we were able to talk, and I got her name. Her name, uh, we'll leave that. We'll leave the name Name out. redacted. But, uh, yeah. 
we'll redact the name. The she sat literally the section over to us, uh, down a little bit further. But yep, we did see her, we did meet her, and we did talk again. So it uh it was interesting, that was funny. Um and maybe I'll see her again for a Toledo playoff game. Who knows? But <laughs> <laughs> so crazy, so so crazy that that happened, which the hockey gods, I don't know. I think it's funny the hockey gods and the way they work with you man i i i i have no words that was the funniest night of my life <laughs> oh my god i was like that is for sure her brandon and you're like no no it's not and i'm like no it is you're like giving me every excuse it wasn't and you know she remembered me after i gave her a bunch of clues and remembered everything that we talked about yep she was she remembered me <laughs> so oh it was funny and it was it was cool, and uh, yeah, maybe we'll see her in Toledo. Yeah, who knows, man? Yeah, that was this week. We got no. I said this week. There, not this week. Jesus, I started repeating what you said. <laughs> that, that was the uh, that was the craziest thing I've ever seen, and I'm I'm, ha- I'm happy you ran into <laughs> her after all the talk of that. Um, it, it really it just made the trip that much more uh, more fun. So. There's good stuff there, but yeah. this week, what do we got? We got we have Griffins Friday, and then that's yeah. This week, so the Griffins play twice. They play Friday at home, Rockford Saturday uh, against Chicago in Chicago. Chicago. Toledo's got three games. They're in Kalamazoo. They have Kalamazoo visiting them, and then I forgot. I think it's Fort Wayne uh, that's visiting them on yeah. Sunday there, and that's the end of their regular season. And uh, the Flint Firebirds are out, unfortunately, but Saginaw Spirit start their playoff series against uh, Sarnia on Friday. So We have two tic- two tickets for the Griffins uh, Friday's game. So like, retweet, share us your favorite hockey memory of the season, and uh, you'll be entered to win. Yeah, that's an exciting little giveaway we had here at the end of the season. Uh, so yeah, definitely jump on the Twitter and enter that contest there so we can see you at the game on Friday. Uh, anything else you want to add, buddy? Yeah. Cause whoever wins, I do want to meet you. I want to talk with you just see how, you know, I don't know. Just, I, I love meeting people and we get to meet Elaine on Friday and possibly Andrew Rinaldi. Should be a good time. So, I'm excited, that's man. Exciting. Should be a good time. But nothing else you want to add? Uh, that's it. That's all I got. Should I... Is there anything else we need to talk about? Oh, no, man. I think we're all covered this week. Uh, A little shorter episode than last week, because we're not cramming two weeks of hockey into one, so this feels like we're ending so early, but we're really not. Yeah, we had to figure out how to record this, too, so that was, uh... Yeah, hopefully... Thank you for anyone that tunes into this, and hopefully the audio works out well. Um, if it doesn't, I'm sorry. We'll we'll be back to normal recording, hopefully, uh, next week. Uh, but until then, enjoy the last couple Griffins games. Enjoy the walleye end of the season and start of the playoffs, and enjoy the spirit. But outside of that, I've got nothing else. You know, give us a like, give us a follow, give us a share, tell your friends about us. Yeah, exactly. Uh, All right, thanks for tuning in, everyone. Have a great week. Thank you for tuning in to the Hockeytown West podcast. Be sure to check us out on Twitter at HockeytownWPod. And your host, Nick at GR Hockey Guy and Brandon at Brandon GR Hockey.